fans and welcome to this week in nickelodeon history my name is captain eric and i'll be covering all of the nickelodeon shows that either started or ended between the times of march 13th and march 19th and inevitably in a 52 week year you are bound to find a week where there is just simply nothing to talk about and not that there is nothing but in terms of quantity i have almost no properties to speak of for this week i have three projects but don't worry that's not going to be the entire episode for today it is also saint patrick's day this week for those of you who celebrate the holiday and even if you don't it's a nice reason to celebrate one of our favorite nicktoons patrick star i will be giving my top five patrick star episodes after the the few nickelodeon projects we go over but this is episode 51 of this week in nickelodeon history and i want to remind you Next week's episode, episode 52, will be the final This Week in Nickelodeon History to be on the main audio feed of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. So this really only affects the, the podcast listeners. If you follow us through other means like YouTube, nothing is really going to change on how you listen to this show. But if you are a podcast listener of this show, it'll be its own separate podcast after episode 52 and will remain so moving forward. The uh, regular I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast feed will uh, not remain, but will go back to just airing the I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast podcast. So uh, hopefully uh, that was a change that actually has been in the works for a long time. Um, they, uh, very early on when I split it, there were some uh, fans of mine that came out and said, hey, this kind of like doubles up the feed here. And I, you know, my argument at the time where there was a lot of popular podcasts that would have multiple episodes under, you know, a, a similar podcast. But but after thinking about it, it would just make uh, more sense to have it as a separate show because I would like to then expand the This Week in Nickelodeon history into other Nickelodeon-based projects. And if I just keep making all of those audio podcasts on I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast, it then takes away from what is supposed to be its main feed. So uh, This Week in Nickelodeon history, its own podcast. It's going to keep that name for the time being. I'm not going to change that name unless... Another name just comes out of the blue, but the logo that I have for the upcoming reboot of the show, I'm absolutely in love with. I've been tinkering at it, and I, I it's one of my favorite like logos that I've ever made, so it, it's going to be a nice one to debut, and honestly, my work on that then made me go back and, and kind of tinker with the I'm Ready uh, uh, podcast logo, so I might be changing that one up as well. But that one is undecided. I'm not sure about that. But uh, this week in Nickelodeon history starts off with a movie that premiered in theaters three years ago on March 15th, 2019, Wonder Park, a movie made by Paramount Animation and released through Nickelodeon Movies. This was another project that Paramount was hoping to spin in the same way that they did with Jimmy Neutron, uh, release a movie it's a moderate success, and then you get to release a TV show on television. They would follow that same formula with the follow-up to Jimmy Neutron through the same animation company, Barnyard, 
which then would eventually spin off its own show, Back at the Barnyard on Nickelodeon. Both The Adventures of Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius and Back at the Barnyard were, were pretty big successes for Nickelodeon in different ways, and it seems smart to go back to that formula a third time. And Wonder Park, though, unfortunately, as far as I know, might not finish that main idea. The movie came and went... It did not really blow up in theaters, and it only made $119.6 million on a budget that ranges anywhere from 80 to 100 Now, you're probably hearing that going, well, Captain Eric, that's made almost $20 million over its budget, or at most, 40 How could that be anything but a success? Well, uh, for those that don't know, and especially if you're around the world and you have no idea the way uh, Hollywood in America works, but there is something called uh, Hollywood Math. And it's when basically the budget that they have for a movie and the box office that comes back with it, it's never one-to-one. A, they never really tell you 100% on how much they spend on a movie because anytime you see that budget price, what's not included in that is the amount of money the studio pays for marketing. So when you see the budget is a you know 100 million and a movie's made 119. Well, that's you've made 19 million if you did not promote that movie whatsoever or spent money in other ways that wouldn't be included in the movie's budget because then that money is on the studio to advertise. So, I don't think it did that well with Paramount because it's been 3 years we have yet to to see any sort of TV series moving forward at Nickelodeon. I haven't seen the movie and it and it does look you know, it looks cute for kids. It, it's certainly an interesting looking movie. Um, but the one, you know, one interesting thing about this is usually I give credit to directors, writers, you know, a lot of the, the minds behind these projects. But uh, the director of this movie, Dylan Brown, who is a uh, former animator at Pixar, was actually fired from this project in January 2018 um, seemingly in the in the post-production process of the film. I, I think it, as far as I could find, he was pretty much done with the production of the film or was at nearing the end of, of production as he was let go. The only things that were, were given out about this was that they, uh, they fired him over inappropriate and unwanted conduct. I can only imagine what that must be, but you're, it's like just you're making an animated movie. Go to work have fun in, in a very safe way like that. Go home. Stop ruffling feathers. I don't understand what the problem is. But yeah, so I uh, they released this film without a director's credit. So Dylan Brown did work on this movie. Uh, unfortunately, I can't really fully give him credit as the director, but this screenplay was made by Josh Applebaum and Andre Nemec. I'll give, uh, I'll give credit there. Um, and you can see the the wide range here because we go from 2019 all the way back to 1996, where 26 years ago, on March 16, 1996, The Mystery Files of Shelby Woo premiered on Nickelodeon. And 23 years ago, on March 16, 1999, we had the finale of The Mystery Files of Shelby Woo. The show was created by Alan Goodman, and was a like a young teen detective story of a young Shelby Wu solving crimes with the help of her grandfather, played by the one and only Pat Morita, who was best known as Mr. Miyagi in the Karate Kid film 
series. Yes, he was actually a big star on Nickelodeon throughout the 90s. I, I remember watching a few episodes of The Mystery Files of Shelby Woo and immediately knowing Mr. Miyagi. I mean, he's a one-of-a-kind actor. The second you watch the first Karate Kid, that portrayal, that character is just ingrained in your head. There's there's a reason why it's been parodied decades later and how the Karate Kid, even in 2022, is more popular now than it's ever been with the Cobra Kai series. There's just, there's look how strong that legacy is. And everything really falls down on the back of Mr. Miyagi there in those original movies. Danny LaRusso is great, but... Mr. Miyagi is the reason we kept coming back to the Karate Kid. And here we have him in the Mystery Files of Shelby Woo, which I haven't watched in full. And even as a kid, I only maybe watched a handful of episodes. But it's a show that whenever I see it or I see pictures of it, I see the logo or when I'm talking about it, I have good feelings about this show. It brings me back to a good time. It's one that I definitely want to uh, go back into. So it's a pretty decent watch. It's only four seasons of 41 episodes uh, certainly, if you can get your hands on some time to watch The Mystery Files of Shelby Wu, absolutely worth your time. Uh, just even for any of the uh, the scenes with Pat Morita alone, uh, that's that's absolutely wonderful. But what was really interesting is the first time I came across this show for This Week in Nickelodeon History, I happened to go down a small rabbit hole involving the lead actor of the show, Irene Ang, who actually started a school in Connecticut called the Mencius Mandarin Preschool, an English Mandarin bilingual education for young children. I think that's really, really awesome for her to have done with her time. And she clearly um, has a lot of respect for uh, her culture and the language that they speak there. And I think it is incredibly important for children to know at least one other language in their life. Um, and teaching it at a young age could could be a more important step to helping learn that language than when you happen to start a new language in high school or in college. The world is more connected now than we ever have been. And yes, because of technology, it has also made it easier for us to not have to learn a language to be able to communicate with devices such as Google Translate in our pocket. But still, being able to learn another language in this world is is a skill we all should have to be able to talk to another person out there. And I, I just think it's great that she was able to be an actor, star in a show, have a have a, a bit of a career, and then to go from that to to do something as important as starting a preschool. I, I just think that's absolutely extraordinary. It just it goes to show you that a you don't have to just do one thing with your life. You know, everybody has this idea of this one career, this one job. You you can do whatever you want. You can have multiple dreams in this world and knock them out one by one. And so I like I think that's absolutely extraordinary for her to have done. And I think that's just a really cool notch to have on your belt. Hey, you know, and so congratulations, Irene. Like, thank you for for bringing a, a bit of education to the world. I, I hope things are going well out there. I don't know if you'll ever hear this. Uh, these good tidings, but I hope they get to you somehow. And we're actually ending this week. I know we have three things. I tried. I tried to stretch out for more. Uh, but we are ending this week with a show all the way back in 1991, 31 years ago on March 18th, 1991. Get the Picture premiered on Nickelodeon. Created by Marjorie Cohn, the show ran for two seasons of 115 episodes. Hosted by Mike O'Malley, the game show features two teams answering questions and playing games 
for the opportunity to guess a hidden picture on a giant screen made up of 16 smaller TV screens. Before we had the advent of giant LED boards and the ability to create these giant flawless HD screens, we we had to stack televisions. You know, it was the Stone Ages. I don't know what you want from me, but I absolutely love Mike O'Malley as a presenter. I There was just something about him. He had a level of energy that some other game show hosts didn't have. But for the shows that he hosted, it was absolutely perfect for because other than this show, Mike O'Malley was also known as the host of Nickelodeon Guts, which if you're going to have a show called Nickelodeon Guts, you, you better have a host with a with a bunch of them. But yeah, I, I have not really watched a ton of episodes of Get the Picture. I've seen a few back when uh, Nick Gass was a first, uh, first big channel and, and we had that uh, a cable at my father's house. It was one of those shows that if you were up very early in the morning or if you were at late at night, I feel like those are the shows that would air during those times. So I don't remember catching it in the afternoon, but it wasn't a show that really like got my attention. It would, it wasn't in that that upper echelon, those top tier game shows. At least for me personally, if you love Get the Picture, let me know in the comments below. Do you have any specific memories about that game show? Do you have any memories of Mike O'Malley, or do you have any memories of anything that I've talked about thus far? Because that, my friends, is this week in Nickelodeon history. We had three projects, but don't worry, the episode is not over yet. As it is St. Patrick's Day, it is time for you to grab your favorite green shirt, your favorite green beverage, and sit down to watch these top five episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants starring our very favorite pink starfish, Patrick Starr. Now, these episodes in particular are episodes where Patrick is crucial to the plot of the episode. This isn't an episode that just features Patrick or he's a part of SpongeBob's story. No, the actual plot of the episode is crucial of Patrick being there. And I'm going to go in, in descending order here. Some some weeks I don't give like, you know, five to one. I'm not in any particular order. This is particular order. This is an actual playlist for you to put on. Number five, Sing a Song of Patrick, a later SpongeBob episode that for some reason I just absolutely love. It has energy to it that that matches some of those early seasons and it's all about Patrick writing in a song for a song contest at Big Shot Records for $100 and Patrick's song is absolutely terrible but it is also a weird earworm and if you've seen this episode you know exactly what I'm talking about when you hear Patrick's song once there's just no way you can not unhear that song again number four Sailor Mouth the episode in which SpongeBob and Patrick learn about sentence enhancers. And uh, and my, can you imagine the unedited audio of that episode in the in the vaults of Nickelodeon? It, that audio has got to be on somebody's computer somewhere or some hard drive just just waiting. What are they waiting for? The 100th anniversary of SpongeBob SquarePants before they let us hear the actual swearing of those characters. I, I feel like it's it's got to come out soon. Number three, the Fry Cook Games. SpongeBob, of course, entering the annual Fry Cook Games, an Olympic uh, set of events all about fry cooks coming together to determine who is the best fry cook. When Patrick 
wants to come along and play with the fry cooks at the fry cook games, but one thing's a problem. He's not actually a fry cook. That is until Mr. Krabs' longtime rival, Plankton, hires Patrick to be a fry cook at the Chum Bucket so that he may compete up against SpongeBob in the fry cook games. Number two, I'm with Stupid. The episode, of course, with Patrick's parents visiting his rock and him trying to put on the absolute best performance for his parents so that they they know that he's living well, he's living good, and that he's actually not as dumb as they remember as SpongeBob agrees to play the uh, the stupid one for this uh, for this visit. And number one, my absolute favorite Patrick episode by far is Big Pink Loser. Uh, what else needs to be said? It is the the ultimate Patrick episode in which Patrick tries to find what he is good at to be able to win a trophy just like his friend SpongeBob, who seems to just win trophies for waking up in the morning. Uh, So yeah, those five episodes, Sing a Song of Patrick, Sailor Mouth, The Fry Cook Games, I'm With Stupid, and Big Pink Loser. The, that is your playlist for St. Patrick's Day this week. And that's your that's your list for every every St. Patrick's Day. Every single year, that's going to be my, my same top five. Unless, miraculously, I watch another Patrick episode that just immediately pegs down one of those. But I, I really feel like when you got Sailor Mouth, Fry Cook Games, I'm With Stupid, and Big Pink Loser, I... I don't even want to say Sing a Song of Patrick can be bumped down at this point because, like I said, that Patrick song is so iconic, it it can't be forgotten. But uh, with that, that is this week in Nickelodeon history yet again. Once again, my name is Captain Eric. Thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you for listening to any of the content I produce. If you are a fan of any of the audios or videos that I make, please consider subscribing to my YouTube channel liking or sharing any of the videos on there, sharing any of the audio podcasts. If you can find anyone else to join the Ready Crew, it is always appreciated by me. I love each and every one of you. Please stay safe. For any of my fans out there in Ukraine, my heart is there for you. Please, please, please be safe out there, and we will get through this. Uh, Until next week, thank you for watching or listening to This Week in Nickelodeon History. Until next time. On the Lord hath given that Nick. On the Lord hath given that Nick Nick. On the Ricky Tiggy Low while living number one Nickelodeon.